um, because it's mainly because of people's perception. Um, now it, it's funny because this is this is a core belief. I really don't care what people think of me, um, but when you have a business, you can't think that way if you want it to be successful. So, um, you know, I still have those those words. That that is how I feel about it. how I just said is is how I feel about it. But sometimes it just takes that one person to take what you said and just completely spin it. And now it's, oh, it's, it's game over. And like sometimes I'm wondering, like, how did you take what I said here? How were you all the way over here? Like, how did you get here? How were you over there? I was here. Contentious Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to influencers, politicians, celebrities, and everyday people to show that we all have unique opinions, and that's a great thing. I'm your host, Ryan Malinowski, and today we are talking with Chris Johnson. How you doing today, Chris? What's going on, Ryan? How are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you into? What's your passion? That type of stuff. All right. Well, my name is Chris Johnson. I am uh, originally from New York City, Upper West Side, Manhattan. Uh, we moved here when I was 11 years old, and uh, yeah, we went to um, Linglestown Junior High School, and then went to Central Dolphin High School uh, in Central Pennsylvania here in Harrisburg. Um, Eventually went to Harrisburg Area Community College uh, for a degree in web design and development after a lot of soul searching. And by a lot, I just mean a few semesters. It wasn't really that much. Um, and then got a degree, associate's degree in web design development. Um, did nothing really with that. And uh, only recently, I'd say within the last four to five years did I like take an interest in personal training. Um, so I got certified four years ago. I've been a personal trainer um, since 2016. I now run my own business as a personal trainer. It's awesome, man. So you got a college degree and didn't use it. Yep, like many, many Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about that a little bit. Why, uh, why'd you initially go to college and then why didn't you end up taking advantage of that education, I guess. Um, so, I initially went to college mainly because, and I feel like this might be the, uh, the story of so many, so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, their parents told them to. Um, and so, part of, part of why I agreed is because when I, was, when I was younger, I was told, do you want to be, quote unquote, from my, from my mom, pushing that mop as as a as an adult aka do you want to be a janitor this is not a knock to janitors but that i'm telling you that terrified me i didn't want to do that so i was like well no i want to make some money you know not, not to say i want to be like a millionaire or anything but i didn't want to be a janitor i wanted to make money and live comfortably um you know in my adult years um so that's why and uh that's why i went to college that's why i um dealt with it and as for the degree, I started with art because I'm, I've been an artist, you know, forever. Um, since I was eight years old, I was always drawing. Um, my art really got good in when I was 21, when I was in college. Um, and it also helped that I was taking art classes. But then I was like, I can't really apply this. I mean, you can, you can. But for what I was starting to think as a young adult, I didn't want to do that. Um, so I switched to graphic design. Um, I hated it. I hated it. So I went to my guidance counselor at a Harrisburg Area Community College and uh, I was like, is there anything else I can do? Um, I want to make at least this as an adult. And I know it's going to take some time after I get the degree. And uh, she was like, well, why don't you try web design development? Um, there is a little bit of artistic flair you can throw um, in there. And uh, so that's why I chose that, ended up ultimately in that profession um, or major. So did you search for a job in that profession afterwards at all? Um, 
I did for, to be honest, I did for a split second. Uh, actually got a referral from one of mom's, I don't know, co- it's been so long, co-workers or colleagues or whatever. Um, and he wanted me to do a, uh, a webpage for him. But I just, I mean, I had everything. I had all the tools from, from, from my computer ready to go. And I just choked. I mean, I just didn't. I felt, I felt uh, not intimidated by it, but uh, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Uh, and so, and I felt bad. <laughs> he gave me $100 to start it. And I never finished it. And I never gave his money back. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there listening, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you work for him? Like, did you actually start it? I did start it. I just never finished it. Yeah, you did work for him. Man. <laughs> he paid you for that work he did. <laughs> That's it. Right on. Right on. Um, so what what would you say to anybody who maybe is in college or thinking of going, going to college or maybe they have a degree, but they realize it's, you know, kind of similar situation to you, not exactly your thing after spending, investing that type of time into something? I definitely say take the time to soul search And I mean, when I say take the time, I don't mean a weekend. I mean, take a few months to really find out. If it takes that long, find out what it is that you're passionate about um, and what you can see yourself doing. Uh, What what I was uh, taught more recently was, um, and I know everybody, not everybody uh, this applies to, but uh, take a look at where, where you're at right now, where you're, where you're working. Take a look at the most senior employee that works in your company. What, not what do they look like physically. Like, how do they behave? Do they look beaten, you know, or do they look like they're, you know, oh, wow, this is, this is a rewarding career. Chances are, if they don't look too enthused, that's you in 20 years so just just keep that in mind i never forgot that i never forgot that also scared me almost as much as a janitor and i was like whoa 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 pump the brakes really think about what what uh what my next move is and that's what i'd recommend just really take the time to find out what it is that you're passionate about um so that way work isn't really work um for those that are already in it that have already gotten a degree um and you kind of realize too late um I'd say no, you're not too late. You realize now, even if you've put already a decade into it, um, one of the things I was was uh, uh, was taught was uh, remember Colonel Sanders at 65 years old. That's when KFC blew up. So you're never. It's never too late for anything unless you think so in your mind. So it's never too late to just not pump the brakes, but just shift gears, if you will. Cool. So you're, uh, the first half of your growing up years you spent in, in New York City, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, we, then, then you moved to central Pennsylvania. Then we moved to central <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, That's a change, right? That was, that was quite a change. Uh, we moved here um, because uh, we were going, well, no. Yeah, I guess we were uh, going through a divorce. Um, so uh, when, when they split, I... Uh, came with mom and we were here in Harrisburg. Uh, we initially came out this way in particular because uh, my aunt had left uh, from New York and went to uh, Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. And we were initially going to go to Lancaster in 2001, but we never did because we didn't like it. Um, so we chose Harrisburg, which is about a 45 minute drive from Lancaster. So we could always visit our cousin which we still do 20 years later to this day so cool what was that like for you as an 11 year old kid moving from a big city to generally speaking probably one of the smaller cities in the country right um so it was definitely a culture shock um i was definitely used to being around primarily african-american um, so now coming out here, the situation was pretty much reversed, which was fine. It was just different. Um, so just like with, with anyone, you, you adapt to your environment and it took a while, but, uh, eventually, you know, we got, I don't know, I don't know really how to explain it properly, but we acclimated. So 
What was the biggest thing, that, or the toughest thing, I guess, for you as an 11-year-old to get used to in your new uh, ecosystem? Um, I guess that I had to make friends all over again because, uh, you know, at that age, you're still, there are so many things that are still developing. Um, your, your circle, your sphere of influence, um, who you are as a person is still very, uh, I guess, moldable. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, so it was it was pretty different to just drop my group of friends, um, essentially relocate and build from the bottom up. Now I'm a I'm a kid in a and not a completely rural area, but um, it was rural compared to you know being in in in, in New York and uh, just. But you know we made it work. And um, actually, my first friend that I I met I met him at the bus stop. Uh, outside my outside of our apartment and uh, we are still friends to this day um, that was 2001 so we have a friendship of almost 20 years I met another friend that he introduced me to um, about six months later and we are still he's we're, we're all still friends it's like 20 years um, now it's just crazy you know they got kids and families in the game and sometimes I look at them it's like it's still that 11 and 14 year old I met back then. <laughs> That's awesome. So you said it was 2001 you moved here? Correct. Uh, in the summer? Um, so that was in the winter. So technically it was uh, December 2000. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it was pretty much 2001. So you moved out of New York City, left a bunch of family behind right before 9 11, pretty much. Um, yeah, so 9 11, you know, we were only here for what like eight nine months and of course you know 9-11 impacted so many families um it impacted the entire country of course um but our whole family's from new york so we're like is everyone okay are they alive you know so of course we're all freaked out you know cousins aunts uncles you know we're on the phone just i remember looking at that that image I was in seventh grade in the classroom I was like why are they showing us this movie like that is not a movie wow and the, it just like it just took so much to process that um and it was very scary and uh I don't know I I don't know I mean luckily at least for my family everything turned out all right uh one of my aunts uh was actually pretty close to the attack, um, but not within direct, you know, like she wasn't directly impacted, um, but she could see like from where she was, <clears throat> there was just a puff of smoke is what she described to us. That must have been uh, a unique, <clears throat> obviously you said it, it impacted so many people, but it must have been an even more unique impact being home for you uh, and watching it on, you know, from afar. Yeah, it was it was it was different. Uh, back then, b before the divorce, uh, my stepdad uh, used to drive the uh, the MTA bus um, buses in New York, and oftentimes I'd I'd ride with him in the front seat. I actually thought it was fun um, to ride with him. It sucked getting up at like five in the morning. Like I don't think it matters what age you are; it still sucks. <laughs> um, but uh opinion but uh from where we were coming from we would often go through the uh the wtc um train station um world trade center train station and i remember one time we came out because uh the station's obviously underground the subway so we come up and i just remember as a kid just looking at like wow this building's really freaking big that is the first and last time i ever saw that building was that time and the next time it's just ground zero Gotcha. Cool. So, uh, what are you most passionate about now? Now that you're an adult, you're uh, doing your own thing. What's uh, what's your focus in life? So right now, um, coming from that background, let's just let's just say this. Um, if anyone's ever heard of this uh, this this phrase, it, I, I really. I really take it to heart. You are the average of the five people you hang around the most. Uh, so when we, back when we used to 
live in New York, we didn't really have any examples of success too much. Like my, I mean, they were there, but they weren't. Um, like, and what I mean by that, like my my biological father um, got a master's degree as an architect. Uh, my aunt, I mean, I'm sorry, my cousin um, is the one that came down to Lancaster uh, that we eventually followed in 2000, 2001, um, and she's an executive uh, with the Comcast company. Um, so those were really examples of, uh, I guess, financial success, but the overwhelming sphere of influence was um, poverty. And so, and when you're in it, you don't really know. It's just normal, you know? Um, just like if somebody was born to rich parents, it's just normal. That's just what it is. And then it's like, as you grow up, it's like, oh, wow, you know, it's not everybody has what I have, you know? Or if that makes sense. So coming out here, you know, 20 years later, my thing is just to not be successful to the point where it's like, you know, I'm rolling in millions upon millions of dollars. Um, but uh, just like with with fitness, uh, I used to be really thin. Um, so I don't want to say I've made it because I still feel like I have a lot of work to do. But uh, a, I guess fear is maybe the right word. I don't want to go back to what I was. So that's what keeps me motivated in the gym. And same with uh, with um, building my business, uh, with my personal training business, and even uh, delving into new business ventures. I'm really into uh, online ventures right now, uh, as far as e-commerce and, and the like. I'm interested in that right now as a second option um, in the in the very very near future. Um, but I I say that because those things motivate me because I don't want to go back to what it used to be. Cool. So how'd you get into personal training and fitness? What What's that journey look like? Or what did that journey look like for you? Um, that was a pretty interesting one. So I was working at Planet Fitness. Uh, well, let me rewind. Uh, 10 second rewind. I, my first job was at Giant. I worked there for four years. I hated it. Giant is a uh, supermarket chain in Central PA. I hated it. I don't even hate people. I just hated that job. Um, I do not hate people whatsoever. I love people. Um, so when I switched to Planet Fitness, um, I was working the front desk there. I loved that job. Now they, they paid pennies, don't get me wrong, but I loved it. I loved clocking in and being around that environment um, of people that wanted to do better. Or at least we're giving it an honest effort. You know, some don't of course, but giving it an honest effort um, overall majority of the time and uh, so I had been there for a little bit at that time when I started with Planet Fitness I was only working out for two years um, and so through the course of getting that job I met the owner um, well the manager and uh, that's how it was it was pretty easy to, to get into that job because he knew me from coming in so consistently at that time so I came in and uh, after a couple years you know the results really started to show and I remember this one kid came up to me and when he came up, he was like, there was, there was a trainer on staff. I wasn't the trainer yet. I was just a front desk guy, one of the purple shirt people. So he comes up to me and he's like, hey, I didn't feel comfortable asking him because he doesn't look the part, but I wanted to ask you. Um, I'm actually going away to college and I want to get into division three football. I'm looking for some leg exercises. Can you help me? I feel really comfortable talking to you. I was like, yeah, sure. So one of the things about when I worked at Planet Fitness, I was always like writing stuff. Like I, I, I wasn't supposed to be, I was supposed to be paying attention at the desk, but I always had like these little pieces of paper and I would always be like writing programs out, always writing, just mock ones, random. No, this makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. This makes sense. Sets, reps, uh, tempo, um, rest times, all that stuff, I would just be doing it behind a desk. Nobody really knew. I just kept it to myself. So, of course, boom, it was like that. I was like, go ahead and do your workout. I'll have it when you're done. He comes up. I give it to him. He's like, thanks. I don't see him for like seven, eight months. He shows up. He walks in the door. I don't even know who he is. It's been so long. He's like, hey, I know you don't remember me, 
But that program you gave me, it worked. I got in. I was like, shit. So, and that feeling, it was that feeling where I was like, yo, I like this. Um, I was probably like 22, 23. Um, and I'm like, I, I want to learn more about this. I, I, I'm definitely interested because I like that feeling. Um, and even now when I help somebody get to their goal or, you know, we make, we hit a major milestone, um, after a couple months of training, that same feeling from that kid, I still feel it. So, and, and I don't, it's, it's not going away. It's awesome. So you found, you found a thing that you love. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what, uh, after you realized that that's, you know, that you loved that, you enjoyed it and it's something you wanted to do, what was the process like to get credibility and, you know, what do you have to go through to become a personal trainer? Um, well, let's start with that first and then we can talk about credibility. Um, so you can, there's plenty of, uh, bitstagrammers, if you will, um, who are not certified, but they look great and they come up with cookie cutter programs for you to follow that people are and still do pay for. Um, but they don't really know how to teach. Uh, so they just come up with like a, a cookie cutter program that they try and stuff a whole bunch of people into just to make, just for monetary purposes. And, uh, personally, I don't think that's right. Um, so, but they can get away with it because they look the part, um, for the credibility. What you need to do is, uh, if you really want to make it a career and not just like a, a quick buck and getting over people like that, um, which again is totally wrong. So you want to get certified. Um, if you don't get certified, you want to have a, um, a college degree in uh, exercise science or sports medicine. And sometimes they're interchangeable. Um, I went and got a certification. Uh, so I, I, uh, went to Philly when I was working for Planet Fitness. Uh, there was a personal trainer, um, there and I got funny story. I got that. I got a, uh, a job as the trainer, um, at a Planet Fitness in Harrisburg, um, around like 2016, 2015, 2016. I was not certified, but I was studying for it. Um, and so the trainer that I met told me of a better place to get it and, and to get it faster. Get So I at least have a certification I could go back to when I was studying for it, which took longer to get. Um, so I have more. Um, so I went ahead and got that one. I went out to Philly, um, studied, aced the test, easily got it. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was tons of questions. It was over a hundred questions, um, but I got it. Uh, and that's when it started. I mean, it really, at that time, I didn't really promote myself because I was just working for Planet Fitness, which was enough. And looking back, that was the wrong mindset. But I started to get people to ask me, hey, would you do stuff on the side? Um, and it started with something really light, like maybe once every couple weeks. And it was just super, super sporadic, scattered. Um, but they were asking me. I wasn't, I wasn't hunting for clients whatsoever, and uh, that's how it started, really. Um, and so, but the the in order to really be credible as a trainer, you need to get certified, or you need the uh, get um, the proper bachelor's or master's degree for it. So, is there one certification, or are there multiple certifications you can do, or um, is it very based on state? I don't think it varies based on state. Um, your success will vary based on state, for sure. Um, I'm sorry, what was your original question? Just if, you know, you get a certification, mm -hmm. now you're a certified trainer. Mm -hmm. um, are there levels of that? Um, or is it just, you know a once and done type of thing? It's something you study for? It's something you study for and then you get you get continuing education credits. Um, so in order for my certification to be valid, I have to take uh, eight continuing ed education credits um, within two years or it'll, it'll go null and void and I have to take the test all over again. Um, 
I mean, as far as content, you can you can always learn something new. The certifications often get split up into groups, like uh, like you have a certification in um, in training, but then there might be an option for like aquatics or something, or there might be something for uh, off the top of my head. Uh, like cycling or something I like when I was looking for the certifications I saw it I just was like oh, okay like I didn't really pay attention so that's why I that's why my answer is like that because I was just like okay yeah whatever sure you're I'm just gonna focus on, 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 what, focus on correct right gotcha gotcha um so you're a personal trainer now right yeah well, well, what do you do right how, how do you go from that to making money um well it was definitely whoop de doo at the beginning uh, because I still wasn't making much money uh, when I first started. Um, so how do you become successful? Well, there's really three things. And when I had my, when I interviewed uh, my first trainer, that was the first thing I asked him, uh, what do you think are the three most um, important traits that you need to be successful? And some might say that one's higher than the other, but um, I don't know. I think they're interchangeable to an extent. People skills. Um, so you definitely personal training is a business of people. Um, so if you chances are if you don't like people, you're you're, you're not going to be too successful um, with them because you'll have a high uh, turnover rate because people won't really want to train with you uh, long term. They also won't refer a lot of people to you. Um, you need to know your stuff so that when people ask you and they will ask, um, you don't want to get caught with your pants down. Um, so that's another that's another reason why these bitstagrammers um, they hide behind that they ignore the questions that they get um, when you DM them because they don't know. They just they just lift, bro. You know what I mean? Even the females they just lift, bro. And um, when it comes to actually sitting down and helping somebody solve a problem. Um, they don't know how to answer it. Uh, and the last thing that, personally, I think you need to be successful is you need to look the part. And um, I have mentioned this to quite a few clients over the years, and every single one of them said, if you don't look the part, I'm not giving you my money. You know, so, I mean, part of the whole sales process is you have what I want in some way, shape, or form. So if I'm going to give you my hard-earned money that I just busted my behind for this week, you need to you need to embody what you preach, you know. So if you're if you're certified but you don't you don't embody what you preach, and you just try to compensate with an an, an overload of knowledge, um, that's only going to get you so far. And you'll that person will never be as successful as the one that has the knowledge, the people skills and looks the part. What's your thoughts on everything going on in the world at the moment? Um, Big question. Everything going on in the world at the moment. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many avenues to go down right now. Um, I really, I'm just going to start with this one. Um, I just feel so conflicted with BLM right now because um, when it first started with George Floyd, I, it's not like I never saw that stuff before, and it's not like I was ignorant to the things going on in the world. Of course, there's um, there's situations like that that happen every day. Um, but when I saw that one, I don't know what it was about that one, but my blood boiled. I That doesn't really happen, but it was, I don't know. And not to say that um, he was a saint considering, you know, some of the things that, that George did. But at that at that point, it, none of that mattered. He was still a human being, and that I don't know. That just I usually I'm just so neutral to things, but I I couldn't even remain that way. I mean, it was just a human instinct, and I just I don't know. Um, so initially, I was all about it. Now I wasn't prom like I wasn't on Facebook like BLM BLM. I didn't do the um the black screen thingy. I didn't. Uh, talk about it too much uh, because um, as a business owner I really believe that you should to the best of your ability like remain as neutral as possible um, but I know that, that that's not always possible um, 
it got to the point where people would ask, um, you know, who's, you know, what do you, what do you think? Not really whose side are you on? Um, they would, they would ask, cause they would assume what side I was on, um, based off my skin color. So, um, they would just ask what I thought about it and I would just respond, you know, it's awful what happened to him. Um, now when people, when people then, um, went into a lot of the things that George Floyd did himself, um, I would just be like, well, you're right. You know, the, the crimes that he did were wrong. Um, but we're not talking about that. The, the focal point of what we're talking about is what was on the video only. Um, so I like to stay on point when I'm, whenever I'm discussing a hot topic like that, I like to stay on point. I don't like to go into what ifs. Um, I always like stay on the, what the reason that the, the conversation came up in the first place, which was that video and only that video not anyone's past in that video. Um, but back to the movement and what's going on today. So ultimately it just started getting out of hand to a point where, like, for example, there was somebody on my Facebook, and uh, I'm just like, how did you get to this point? Her her um, post was, let it burn, burn it all down. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Like, that's not, that's not the answer. You know, I understand, dude, I'm pissed too, but, like, that's not the, the answer to that. It's, just, it's not destruction. Um, you know the peaceful protests I'm all about it I personally did not participate um because mainly because of COVID for one um but also just because I've never really been in something like that so I just was like eh you know I'll just watch the live streams um but then right around that time is when they started to turn into those riots and and at that at that point, I'm just like, dude, I can't even. And then there were, and then there were um, people in the BLM movement that were about the riots. And so now, you always have to think about, especially as a business owner, you have to think about everything. So, if I were to, if I were to, you know, really blast that and be like, you know, I'm all about this, some people would see it as, yes, you're you're about BLM, and I'm all about it. It makes sense. Um, you know, justice for George. Other people would see it as, oh man, you're, you're just out here starting riots and I don't do anything, you know? So I don't, that's why I chose to remain neutral. Um, so it's really sad, the state of affairs, um, cause it's just devolved into the whole, um, uh, the defund police thing. And it's just, I, I don't know. I've turned off the news for a while now, to be honest. Um, and I was, I was taught uh, focus on the things you have control over. Um, so that's, that's what I've chosen to do. Um, so what's the, uh, for you, what's the difference? Like, what's the delineation between, you know, a man was killed by police officers, protests happen, you know, riots happen, and now everyone's calling for defunding the police. What's the delineation there between that and you know the two things you had said earlier, um, you know the the protest, peaceful protest. That's cool and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, why do you draw the line there? I guess is the question. Um, because it's mainly because of people's perception. Um, now it, it's funny because this is this is a core belief. I really don't care what people think of me, um, but. When you have a business, you can't think that way if you want it to be successful. So, um, you know, I still have those those words. That that is how I feel about it. how I just said is is how I feel about it. But sometimes it just takes that one person to take what you said and just completely spin it, and now it's oh it's it's game over. And like sometimes I'm wondering like how did you take what I said here? How were you all the way over here? Like, how did you get here? How are you over there? I was here, you know, but, um, so it, I, I really don't know where the, I, I, I guess it's just when people started seeing it as a different, in a different way other than justice for George is when I just was like, nah, I can't, I can't get down with that anymore. 
and so I just decided to remain neutral about it, if that makes sense. So apart from the business side of things, and obviously, you know, protecting your brand and whatnot, sure. um, you know, if that weren't in the picture, would you still, do you still feel you draw the line um, that, you know, justice for that person, a person's death and peaceful protesting versus rioting, defunding things, um, thing? So yes, I still would, um, because even though the, the business and my reputation, so to speak, wouldn't really be as as important I guess because most of the people that were talking crap they don't have anything to lose you know um, so but I still wouldn't have because I don't like to I don't like to be involved in debates and stuff like that I, I have better things to do in my time than to go back and forth with somebody that I probably only met once so I'm just hey man you know that's great like that's great that's, that's pretty much so. I, no, I still would have just, just cut it. Do you have something to say? Then consider being on the show. Go to contentioustalks.com slash guest and apply today. That's contentioustalks.com slash guest to apply. Now back to the show. Well, thanks for sharing all that uh, with us, Chris. Really appreciate your perspective and... Um, being willing to share your opinion on things and your story. What we're going to roll into next is everybody's favorite segment of the podcast. It's called the Tough 12. Okay, it's 12 questions, three different categories, four questions each category. Okay, the categories are politics, philosophy, personal, and religion. I'm up for the Tough 12. <laughs> cool. So the first category is politics, Chris. Okay. The first question in the politics category is what is a fair society? I believe a fair society would be a society where everyone has the opportunity to um, to really, I don't know, I guess think for themselves. I guess because I really appreciate uh, a lot of the fun, the fundamentals of what America stands on as far as uh, free speech and um, you know a lot of freedoms um, that uh, we sometimes we take for granted and uh, other countries just don't have and it's just like wow how do you not have that but it's just you know what our country's founded on um, a uh, a capitalistic society. Um, where essentially you have the opportunity if you're if you're born like the way I always viewed capitalism even when I was learning about it in social studies when we didn't have any money um, is essentially we're given a we're given a chance I look at it as like this as a chance to learn to to grow to acquire specific information that can ultimately gener like generate income and uh, help create quite a successful life. As successful, here's the best way to put it, as successful a life as you would like to make it. Um, so I, I would say that that's a fair society um, uh, where, you have, where you have the option to be great even if you don't come from anything. If that makes sense. I feel like I might be. There might be little pockets that I'm missing in this very general question right now. Um, I would say, what's not fair is when people take advantage of handouts. Um, and I'm actually going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that on right purpose. On. Bonus question here. On a scale of one to ten, ten being perfect, one being absolutely the opposite of perfect. How would you rate America's society uh, in terms of in terms of its fairness? Um, I say a seven. A seven? Right on. Cool. Doing all right, America. Not perfect, but doing okay, according to Chris. Um, what would you say then? The number one issue facing. Uh, our society is um man <laughs> laziness <laughs> laziness and here's the here's the reason why I say that um here's oh my goodness um 
<sighs> okay. Listen, cousin. I love you, cuz. I, I love oh, you, cuz. I love oh no, you. he's calling people out but on the podcast. You, you, you are the perfect. You are the perfect example. I'm. I love you, but I love you, man. I think you're really funny. Okay. <laughs> so, I have I have two family members. My cousin I, I spoke about earlier in Lancaster um, that we that we followed. Um. And my other cousin, uh, who stayed in New York. Now, this is the perfect example of victim and vic- victor mentality. Uh, now, what ended up happening is, even though they came from the same circumstances, one became very successful and one has struggled their entire life. Um, do I want to say all of that is laziness? No. Um, but, uh, to take the victim card, which I think a lot of people do, it kind of, it kind of flows into, like, you notice I'm fidgeting a little bit, cause, um, uh, <laughs> cause he just called your cousin Cause out. I just called him out, <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually calling out a lot of people because it's, I feel like it's so easy to fall into that because they came from the same situation, but one ch- one chose victory and one chose mediocrity. You chose that. We're always in, in we're always in control of our decisions. We're never like, especially in, in especially in America where we have the option to do that stuff. Um, so I just. There are so many examples. That's one of my favorite personal ones uh, to see family members essentially come out the hood, in quotes, and they made it. You know, they made it. And it's always a reminder um, that uh, I just don't think that laziness is like, it's good for society. Like, in general now of course we all have those moments i do you know like we're all human for one so let me let me let me bring bring it back bring it back um we all have those moments like where it's like like right now it's overcast as we're driving picture this it's 6 45 in the morning the sun just came out it's, it's like it's like it's august it's 6.45 and it's overcast. Do you want to get out the bed? I don't. I mean, that pillow feels amazing. You know, like, we all have those... We all have those days, you know what I mean? And it, it's okay to feel that. But to live a life of that, though... Like... Um, one of the things that... Uh, that I often hear is a is a very misquoted quote from the bible the uh money is the root of all evil um and it's that's incorrect it's actually the love of money is the root of all evil and i bring it to money to say simply this we're all put on this planet in my opinion to help people how are you going to help somebody if you don't have any money how are you going to do that you can't help anybody i just hired somebody last um last week he's the first person i've hired in my business i just i just gave somebody a job i just created a job i just helped somebody out but that wouldn't happen if i didn't take a chance on my myself you know if i didn't give myself a shot if i decided to just stay at giant making like eight dollars and and 15 cents an hour you know i was just like oh this is the best it's gonna be you know eventually i'll be the uh the front end, the front end checkout coach, and I'll be the manager. And this is not a slam to them, but it's like we were we were put on this planet for more than that, you know. And I I feel like uh, lately I've been telling people there's seasons to life. There's seasons. Um, uh, and bringing it back because I, I I didn't get uh, I went on a tangent for a reason. Um. If everyone's lazy, nothing gets done, and everything falls apart. If you want to talk about um, the number one issue facing society, if we all were lazy, that's that's probably one of the worst case scenarios. 
um, which would lead to so many ripple, negative ripple effects. But uh, I guess that's my long-winded answer to that. Right on. Laziness. I like it. Next question. Do politics matter and why? Um, do politics matter in general? You're asking? Sure. Um, good question. Uh, and you know what? I feel like I'm probably the worst person to ask because I don't really follow politics. I never really have. Um, so I feel that if I gave an answer, it would probably just... If I were an outside viewer that, that did know more, I'd be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So I, I really don't have an answer to that. Fair enough. Uh, next one then. What, what role should government play? Mm, um, I feel like it's the same as that, the previous question, but I will try. I will try. Um, what role should government play? Um, I think the government should play a role where, remember I was talking about laziness in the, um, the question before last. Um, I think government should play a role to help the people who need the help, who need the help, not are just riding it out. Um, however, I also think that it should support um, society with, uh, you know, programs designed to help people not only just like, of course, it's like some people get get through um, like bad times get thrust upon them. OK, that's part of life. It's not going to be a cakewalk all the time, but it's also not going to be rainstorms all the time either. Life is all about give and take and, and just um, weather in the storm is not all gloom and it's not all rainbows is in, um, either. So I think that personally and again, somebody might be like, what the heck is this kid talking about? Um, I think that it should help people get on their feet that are trying to get on their feet. And for people that are trying to make moves, help them um, to make moves with uh, programs, which I, I'm assuming, I pretty much do. But I, I, again, I, I feel like I'm totally unqualified to answer this properly. But like I said, I'm trying. Um, and, and help people who are trying to make moves because... The more small, uh, the more small businesses, the more jobs are created. The more jobs are created, the more um, money flows to the economy, and blah blah blah. And uh, it's just better off for the economy. Next uh, is philosophy. Let's do it. What is truth? Truth. <laughs> the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. <laughs> um, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up for real. But. <laughs> Truth is, if we're talking from a philosophical sense, hearing what you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. Um, I believe that that kind of flows a little bit back into the first category, which is politics and being politically correct, um, to a certain extent, of course. Uh, but uh, I think sometimes we all need to hear the truth. I can say that more often than not, whenever I hear the truth, I get pissed off. But it goes away. And it's, it's more, more often than not something I needed to hear and something we all need to hear. Or we don't want to hear it, but we know that's what we need to do. Um, uh, but I, I, think that's, um, I think that's probably the best way to answer what is truth, period. So that's, I guess that's my answer. Good deal. Next question here. What do you believe about people's ability to change? Oh, I love this one. Um, so, okay. I have, I have seen time and time again people overcome scenarios where I'm just like, like how how in the world it, it almost seemed like every possible thing was stacked against you um, and you still overcame it I'm a big I'm a big uh, motivational speaker uh, enthusiast I promoted many a motivational speaker Eric Thomas is one of my favorite ones uh, and you know he essentially went from being homeless and eating out of trash cans to being the number one motivational speaker in the world I started following him in 2012 when I really got put on to um, uh, 
self-development and uh, just bettering your life. And um, it was just that catapult of, well, if I can do it, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and it seems so corny. It seems so corny at first, like, well, you know, of course, if you know, if they can do it. But how many people actually really follow through and believe those principles? Um, because if they did, we'd be seeing, I mean, the whole country would be turned upside down in a good way. Um, so that just, that just shows you that a lot, a lot of people don't believe they can change. Um, I would like to use, I can't really use myself as an example because I was always taught as a kid um, that, that you, can al- you can always make it happen. Um, but it was, I, at, at first it's like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure every parent tells their child, you know, you, you, you'll grow up to be the greatest you could be or whatever. Um, as I grew older, I realized, no, that isn't the case. Um, that is very much not the case. Um, it, also, it also depends on how you're taught that because those types of things are what's taught to people. Because if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're taught that it's just, hey, this is just the way it is, well, then what incentive is, is there to change, you know? So, for example, when I was, when I, was th- I guess it's the only um, personal example I can use. Uh, is when I, w- I used to be skinny um, up until 19 years old. Uh, I tried multiple times to, like I said earlier, um, uh, to lift uh, to no avail. I tried for six weeks. Now, now, with my knowledge now, I just, I didn't try long enough and hard enough. That, that's what it was. Also, I had no idea how to work out at all. I just did push-ups and sit-ups. But my point being, um, I tried three times, and on the fourth, the fourth time, all I asked myself was this simple question. What will happen if I don't quit this time? That's it. I wasn't like, I want to be swole. I want to be jacked. You know, it was just, what will happen? It was curiosity that drove me. Um, and I feel like I don't really run into uh, scenarios like that with people too often. Um, but as far as like, like relating that to the ability of people to change, you have to believe that. And not a lot of people believe because we're essentially, again, this is just my opinion. We're essentially conditioned to just be just average. I guess, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's the best way I could put it. Unfortunately, I, I, we're just conditioned to be average. Um, so it really takes maybe not so much a forward thinker, but sometimes a forward thinker. Um, remember what I said before, you are the average of the five people you hang around the most. Um, that definitely, um, affects your ability to, um, to change because if you're around people that have changed or have made like amazing strides in your life, chances are if those five people have, chances are you're the sixth. Um, so it's about who you surround yourself with. But uh, dude, I absolutely believe people have the ability to change. They just want to, it's not so simple to say, well, you just need to want to change. Well, that, that doesn't help anything. Um, you have to show people that they have the ability to change. I, I would say that's probably the best way to answer that. Awesome. Next question. How do you explain consciousness? I guess what you experience in your waking hours. Okay. As reality? I I guess. I guess that's my best answer to that. Right on. We'll just move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Last question here in philosophy. Mm -hmm. What exactly makes you, you? I won in the sperm race, so. (laughs) Uh, What makes me, me? Um, I'd say, I mean, there's so many factors in that. Of course, if you want to talk about technical uh, parents, obviously, um, that you have no control over. But uh, if you want to talk about all the ideals and uh, personality and everything, um, what makes me me is just all the stuff that I've gone through throughout my life. Um, I'd say there were tough moments. I'd say there were cakewalk moments. Um, there were challenging moments, defining moments, without a doubt. Um, 
there were moments where I would learn from other people's mistakes, uh, which I was told, taught as that is the true meaning of wisdom, learning from other people's mistakes so that you don't do it and you have an easier life. Um, all, all, those experience, uh, all those experiences end up as a, into the, I guess, the culmination of, I guess, who's in front of the camera today. That's the answer to that. Perfect. That's philosophy. Last category here, personal and religion. What do you believe about God? <laughs> I love this one. Um, I love this one because, one, nobody really asked me. Um, two, the, what I'm about to say, I totally believe. And um, three, goes back to what I said earlier, where I really don't care what people think about me. Um, so... I'm a simple guy. Someone might say that a Big Bang Theory, a massive explosion explosion just created all this stuff today, this road that we're driving on and uh, this traffic light that we're about to pass and um, all these signs and all these buildings and trees and... Sorry, I'm going to have to call bullshit. Um, I just... That just doesn't make any sense how, of course, we evolved as a species, but an explosion ultimately, an explosion ultimately culminating into all of this just makes no sense to me. Um, and so when I was learning about God as a child, it's funny because someone listening to, to this might be like, well, you sound pretty damn logical. So how, how do you throw logic into this? Because that is not logical. Um, but I guess it just depends on how you see it. Again, I'm not here to transform anyone's thoughts. Hey, man, if you're an atheist, hey, go do your thing, dude. Um, and if you believe, go do your thing, dude. I'm neutral. I'm neutral AF. All right. Um, but uh, I just, to me, it just makes sense that there was a higher power in all this. Um, so as far as uh, what do I believe, I, I totally believe the whole thing. Do I follow everything? No. No, I'm not even going to sit here and lie to everybody and be like, oh, I follow the Bible to every... No, I don't. And most people that are um, that are uh, into Christianity, if they say they follow it, they're probably lying too. Um, so I just, <laughs> I just prefer to be honest with people. Yes, I do believe. I... I uh, try to follow to the best of my ability but I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to everyone and say that I'm some saint I, yeah, yeah alright um, but uh, yeah I do to be honest that's, that's actually the main reason because I think that I think that the Big Bang Theory is the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life and I'm like because of that this, this, has, to, this has to make sense um, now, of course, there's other religions and uh, all that, and um, it comes back to, remember that other question about what makes you, you? You know, under different circumstances, I probably wouldn't have said what I just said. You know, if, if my parents were different, I, I might be an atheist, you know? But this is just how the dice were rolled. <laughs> so, you know, I believe. So that, I guess that's, that's where that ended up. So that, that's my answer. Cool. Uh, what do you think happens after death? Um, so after death, again, this is just this is just my opinion. Um, so after death, you're getting judged for all your stuff, and uh, if you get a passing grade, you go up, and if you get a failing grade, you go down. So that's really it. I mean. Again, like it kind of goes back to the first. Do am I a saint? No, you know, am I going to be judged for some dumb stuff? I did? of course, you know. Um, but I think we've all done dumb stuff. But uh, you know, if you believe in a Christianity, Christian faith, we're all sinners. Um, now, come, like repeating the same mistake. Now that's. That's just silly, and, and, and I, I would I personally believe that's on you. Um, 
but uh, to learn from your mistakes and mistakes and become a better person and do unto others as you would have them do unto you um, I'm wholeheartedly a believer in that um, to the utmost uh, so as far as uh, what happens after death I believe that you're just you're judged and if you get an A you go up and if you get an F you go down that's pretty much it so good deal uh, next one here what gives life its meaning I think uh, what gives life its meaning is what what you do for other people. Um, quick side note: I used to be really freaking selfish um, as a child, and even into my early twenties, um, it was all about me, 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 and what I could get out of people, what I could get from people. Um, which is again why I said, "Hey, listen, we all sin," you know. Um, so I was selfish. You know, there were times where I took advantage of people. Um, and to be honest, whenever I think about it, it makes me sick. And I'm glad that, um, going back to one of the other questions, uh, what do you believe about people's ability to change? I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, we change. Um, and I think it's really all about giving. Um, I remember, you know, so many, so I, I, I believe that most kids are like this, to a certain extent, you know, like, I can't wait to see what I'm getting for Christmas this year. I mean, you know, we want toys. We want, you know, we want that as kids. That's pretty much all that matters um, until bills start to show up. Um, but, yeah, you know, we want that. But then it's, it, there's some, there's a shift where it's just like, it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier when I have a, uh, I have a client and I got them results and that feeling like that, that that warm feeling I get when I was like, yo, I just helped somebody. And I feel so good about that. Um, I just gave somebody something and they really valued it. They really appreciated it. Um, even now, like I have a, I have a sister, um, she's nine years old and every Christmas, like when I give her something, like when I see her face, like you can see like her eyes, like kind of like light up like you know you see like the reflection that you know how you know when you see somebody's eyes and they just like they get really excited like I really I really like that and I'm, I'm not sure at what age that transition occurred but uh I'd say that the, the true meaning of life is to is to enrich other people's lives in some way shape or form well this is it Chris last question in the tough 12 you made it well if you answer this question you made it <laughs> what is love? Uh, love is I feel like it's more than just a feeling. Um, I feel like it's more of a state where and it's, it's not like something so corny where it's like, you know, I would, you know, I value and I treasure this person so much, so much that, I, you know, I would die for them. It's more than that. It's really just like, like, it's a state of, it's a state beyond I would do, I would do any and everything for this person. Love, at least towards other people it's almost like that person is an extension of you um it's how how i how i would explain um how i would explain that uh i mean if we're talking about just the like you're dating well then you know i mean i, I think that's pretty i mean i would hope i think that's pretty obvious but um yeah, if, if we're talking about since it's, since it's such such a broad like question, I'm trying to really go beyond and give like the the, <laughs> the best answer I can. I guess that's I guess that's what I what I have like what is love? Um, my answer would be like it's just a state of being where it's just like essentially that that person that that you're directing your love towards too. That's just it's almost an extension of yourself. Um, where of course you would do anything that, for that person. You die for you take a bullet for that person. You know you would do any and everything to see that person um, 
do well, succeed, feel good, smile, laugh, everything. Um, now, when it's when it comes to things like you know, I love to lift. Um, I think that's different. That's why that's why I answered the way I did. Um, if it was just um, what is love and relationships, I would have answered it entirely different. I wouldn't even have stuttered. It would have, but. Um, yeah, when, when it comes to, to things, and uh, it, I guess it's, it's a little different, but I guess that's my answer. It's just, it's a state. Awesome. <laughs> that's it, Chris. That's a tough 12. That's a podcast. Thanks for being on. How, uh, how can people find out more about you? Um, so you can go on Instagram and uh, go at, at No Limit Chris. Uh, Chris is spelled C H R Y S, so No Limit Chris. And you can also go on Facebook and look for uh, No Limit Fitness or just search my name, Chris Johnson, C H R Y S. Um, if you look, it'll be the, um, the background photo with the Dragon Ball Z character. That'll be me. <laughs> That's how you can find there me. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Next week on Contentious Talks. Where I lived, there was a an overlook called uh, Washington's Outlook or something like that. I forget it. Washington Rock. It was a rock way up on a mountain that apparently George Washington himself stood to watch for British troops coming through the valley uh, where we lived. And so we went up there. And from that point, you could see the skyline of New York really well. And so we went up there and we saw the smoke coming up from the island. And that was, and it was thick and it was heavy. It was like a big, big fire was just, and obviously it wasn't fire, but it was really interesting to be able to see that as a kid and kind of confirm, wow, that really happened. It's not just on TV. Yeah. I had a discussion with an uncle of mine who, who was, who is a leftist and we, uh, I asked him, when does life begin? And he said, well, after birth. And I said, but in the womb, the child is alive. You know, as soon as conception even, they start seeing reactions of life and the woman's body forms a womb for life. And so life begins way back there, but he disagreed with me. Went in and out of homelessness during that time. Uh, early on, after I failed out of Messiah College, I was homeless, and I was homeless for like maybe uh, almost a year, I think. And then I finally got some buddies together and we got an apartment uh, in Mechanicsburg. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Contentious Talks. Did you like this episode? If so, consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. To get notified about new episodes, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect more, like Contentious Talks on Facebook. To support Contentious Talks and for more content, consider joining the Contentious Collective for as little as $1 a month. To do so, visit contentioustalks.com today. Contentious Talks is produced, hosted, filmed, and edited by Ryan Malinowski. Contentious Talks, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.